The Raiders bring back a veteran linebacker that's been with the team multiple times. Stud tight end Darren Waller. He's up for the league's most prestigious award. Plus Raider players and coaches serving a month-long audition and calls and texts to close things out. All coming up on today's Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Raider Nation, welcome into today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, being brought to you by On Location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL. It's the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. And of course, I'd like to thank you for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, The Raiders didn't announce on Tuesday, but linebacker Will Compton, he's played with the team multiple times. He announced on Twitter that he was signing with the Raiders. Now, nothing has come out official like a referee's whistle, but I do know for a matter of fact that the linebackers are kind of banged up right now. Denzel Perryman. He's been dealing with an ankle injury. We'll probably get an update later on today. Also, Corey Littleton. He's dealing with an injury of his own. We'll also get uh, updated today about those injuries. Uh, Nicholas Morrow is a guy that we all expected to be back a long time ago. And I think every time that we ask head coach Rich Passaccia about Nicholas Morrow, he continues to say he's a little bit further back, further back, and further back. So Will Compton, again, announced on Twitter that he's signing with the Silver and Black. So he's going to be back most likely to finish off the season. Uh, He'll just be a depth piece. He's not a guy that's going to go in there and be a world beater and all of a sudden turn this defense into what it is right now and, and make it that much better. Uh, it's funny, though, because I uh, tweeted, I quote tweeted his tweet and said, a fan favorite is returning to the silver and black. And I couldn't believe how many fans got mad at me for saying a fan favorite. said, who's a fan of him? Who's a fan of him, Q? What are you talking about? I thought, oh, my goodness. Okay, my bad, my bad. For the longest, everybody was singing the praises of Will Compton. So apparently he's not a fan favorite, even though I think that a lot of fans really like the guy. Not mad. I've never been a big fan of him. I think that he can go out there and play. He provides a little bit of depth at most. He's a veteran, so he knows what he's doing. He has, uh, you know, he has good knowledge of just defense and playing the linebacker position. But I never thought he was something to write home about. But from what I recall is that a lot of Raider Nation with big fans of Will Compton. So he's back. And again, I think he'll be uh, just a depth piece and we'll probably get an official announcement from the Raiders sometime today. And then they'll probably make a corresponding move to go ahead and clear that roster spot uh, unless they put him on the practice squad. But we'll find out official details probably later on today. But according to Will Compton himself, he is signing with the silver and black. Uh, on matter of fact, on Tuesday morning, woke up to the news that Darren Waller was nominated as uh, the Raiders nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's a really prestigious award in the NFL community. The Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award is always given out for the most outstanding community service activities off the field as well as excellence on the field. It was first established in 1970. The award was renamed in 99 after the late great Hall of Fame Chicago Bears running back Walter Payton. All 32 nominees, and there is one from every single team in the league, will receive up to 40 thousand dollar donation in their name to the charity of choice the winner of the walter payton nfl man of the year award will receive a two hundred fifty thousand dollar donation to the charity of their choice all donations are courtesy of the nfl foundation 
and nationwide. But just to be recognized as the Walter Payton Man of the Year, just the nominee for the Silver and Black, I believe Alec Ingold was the nominee a year ago. I think that that's just really cool. Uh, Darren Waller's obviously been doing a lot of big things. We all know Darren Waller's story, uh, but it, I mean, he's he's more than just his story. I mean, he's a guy that continues to to live out what he wants to do and, and how he wants to give back to the community, how he wants to help the kids. I, I'll, I'll never forget his camp that he had in the offseason. Uh, actually, before training camp even got started, he had that, um, that, that camp or one of the schools here in Las Vegas. That was one of the first events I went to when I got here in town. And just seeing him out there interacting with all the kids, they will never, ever forget that. Regardless what the Raiders do on the field, regardless if they ever win a game or not, all those kids that were out there on that field that night will always remember that we played football against and with Darren Waller. We played football against and with Zay Jones. We played football against and with Mike Mayock. I mean, there was that was cool. That, I mean, and just to see that kind of interaction and see Darren just out there having a good time and uh, even spoke to me afterwards and just said, hey, man, I want to make sure that these guys know that they have an opportunity to do whatever they want. They just got to go ahead and go get it, and they could be in a bad position. They could find a way to get themselves out of it. And so uh, to see that he continues to give back and give back and give back to the community and that the Raiders recognized him uh, enough to make him the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year nominee for that team, uh, that that's a big deal. So uh, hats off to Darren Waller for that nomination nation the award winner is actually announced the night before the super bowl so that'll be february 12th 2022 couple more quick nuggets for you for segment number one of today's locked on raiders podcast as i was talking about darren waller and all the good he's doing walter payton man of the year award nominee for the raiders and we all know his story and everything he's overcame to be in the place he is right now there's a guy that was in a similar position as darren waller who is not able to get out of his own way and that's Former Raider defensive end Alden Smith. I know he started his career with the 49ers. Only had really a cup of coffee with the Raiders. Went to the Cowboys. Actually was signed to the Seahawks before the season started, but then was released before week one. His name hasn't popped up at all the rest of this year. Probably will never play again. Well, after Monday, he really will probably never play again. He was actually arrested on a felony DUI, causing injury. And as of Tuesday afternoon, he was in custody. His bond was set at $50,000. And unfortunately for him, he's just one of those guys that cannot stop going back to the well and he cannot stop that bad habit that he has and it's alcohol has always been one of his major issues obviously weed was another one of his major issues but just cannot get out of his own way has been arrested multiple times has had issues with you know domestic uh, issues has had alcohol and drugs issues it's just it's unfortunate for him and you're happy a guy like Darren Waller is able to overcome these things but then you look at a guy like Alden Smith who is not able to and this is a battle it's a fight every single day they're fighting themselves they're fighting that temptation and everyone doesn't always win with that fight and Alden Smith is a perfect example so just hoping for him for a better life not worried about him ever getting on the football field again just worried about him in general hoping that he doesn't get himself in a situation that he can never get out of and finally want to pass on a pro football focus grade from Max Crosby for Sunday's game against Washington and you know I always say that pro football focus is not the end all be all and this is why Uh, it says Max Crosby made a big impact against Washington 73.9 passing grade, which was fourth amongst edges in week 13. 23.3% pass rush win rate, which was fifth. Five pressures tied for six. And that's great and all. It sounds like he had a really good game. But how many sacks did Max Crosby have? Zero. How many sacks has Max Crosby had since week six? And I know he's out there giving max effort, like his name, double X, max effort. I get that. I know he's getting pressures. But 
He's not getting sacks, and that's what is needed. That's what's going to have to happen. That's what edge rushers get paid to do. Yeah, they are paid to get pressures, but they're also paid to get sacks. He has not had a sack since week six, and all of his sacks that he's had so far this season has come in two games, week one and week six, and that's it. And I know he's at five, and that's a decent number to have, but the way Max Crosby started off the season, he should be looking for double-digit sacks. And I'll tell you, with a handful of games left, five games left to go, I'd be shocked at this point if he gets 10. But he does get them in bunches, so who knows? Maybe he'll get another two or three sack performance. Maybe he'll start this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. It is nice. All season long, him and Unique Ngakwe have gotten a ton of pressures on opposing quarterbacks, but they have not got enough sacks. And Unique Ngakwe is obviously up there with uh, eight currently, which is something that he always does. He always is going to get at least eight sacks. But Max Crosby has been stuck on five for quite a while, so it's time for him to actually step his game up and get a few more sacks, actually get home and complete the job instead of just getting pressures. Later on this afternoon, we'll be talking with uh, head coach Rich Basaccia, quarterback Derek Carr, and the Raiders will roll out a couple extra players as well. That'll be approximately 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Of course, one of the big subjects will be the injury updates. Darren Waller, Carl Nassif, Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, and where are we with Trayvon Mullen? Does he return this week? Is there an opportunity for him to get on the field against the Kansas City Chiefs? They're going to need as many of their uh, their players, their big-time players as possible, both offensively and defensively, to go into Kansas City, into Arrowhead, and slay the Giants. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, want to talk about how all the Raiders, coaches and players, are auditioning for their jobs in 2022. The whole month of December, the final five games of the year, it's all one big audition for the Silver and Black. We'll talk about that coming up in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I did want to remind you that Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in L.A. is less than 100 days away, and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food by, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag and for all things pro and college basketball, of course, pro and college football, playoffs are right around the corner in both NHL, boxing, UFC, and a whole lot more. Betonline.ag has got you covered all season long. They're your number one spot. Go to the website right now on your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. How do you do that? Use the promo code Locked On, all one word, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus just as a thank you gift for uh, signing up with betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about the Raiders, coaches and players, auditioning for their 2022 jobs. They got all month of December to do that. And I just want to talk about it because we've talked about the playoffs all throughout the season. And I know I've done that. I've been leading the charge talking about the playoffs because I do believe at the beginning of the season, this team should have expected playoffs. I believe after they got to 5-2 and two and went into their bye week after beating the Philadelphia Eagles, they really should have thought about playoffs. And then coming out of the bye week, when that weekend everything went right for them, 
man, they should have been thinking, hey, we're cooking with grease. We got a great opportunity. Well, we all know that, you know, John Gruden, he uh, had to resign early in the season. Matter of fact, before the bye week, he had to resign. Then the Henry Ruggs situation happened coming out of the bye week. So uh, ever since then, the wheels have been off and, and the team has just been in a different place. You know, they were 5-2 and two coming out of the bye week. They're now 6-6. Six and six. So obviously, they haven't done a very good job. It's all about what you do. It doesn't matter about September and October. It's all about what you do in November and December. And so far, combined, the month of November and the first game in December, the Raiders have won one game. Think about that. They've only won one game in one of the months that matters the most. November and December. September and October is nice. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying get off to a bad start and you can still make the playoffs. But September and October is nice to get wins. The months that you have to get wins and really start building up who you are and get some momentum as you run towards the playoffs is always going to be November and December. And so far, the Raiders have done a whole lot of nothing but pick up a victory over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. So, of course, they have another opportunity this Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And tomorrow, we'll start to get a look at the Kansas City Chiefs and really kind of break them down and we'll look to see what they look like and how they've improved since their trip to Allegiant Stadium where they beat the brakes off the Raiders. Where are they at now? As they're currently on a win streak, how much have they improved from then till now? We'll do that on tomorrow's show. But just want to talk about these last five games that the Raiders have. I don't know what could happen. Who knows? They can get hot and they can go on a streak and maybe they do end up making the playoffs. But I'm not really worried about that, and they shouldn't either. But every single one of them to the T, from the top to the bottom, the only person who's not auditioning for his job in that organization is Mark Davis, and that's because he's the owner. But I'm telling you, everyone, from front office guys who are making financial decisions, from Mike Mayock, who's making GM decisions, from obviously the coaching staff, from Rich Basaccia, Greg Olson, Gus Bradley, everyone, every single person on that team should be so laser focused right now because if they really think about it, none of them are guaranteed to be a member of the Raiders in 2022. None of them. I'm talking Derek Carr. I'm talking Marcus Mariota. I'm talking Josh Jacobs. I'm talking, I mean, you could talk about Darren Waller, any of these cats. And I know there's some right now that you're thinking, oh, there's no doubt that guy's going to be on the team next year. You don't know that. You don't know who is going to be there in 2022. And since you don't know, they don't either. Because, again, the Raiders are going to have some tough decisions to make this offseason. Mark Davis himself is sitting in his office. I know it's being reported that he hasn't even started thinking about the head coaching position. Please believe he's thought about the head coaching position. There ain't no way that it's December and he hasn't thought about what he's going to do in the offseason as far as bringing in a head coach or not. You know what I mean? And, and by what we have all seen and witnessed from Rich Basaccia as the interim head coach and the failures that he's had as far as time management, some decisions that he's made, you know, lack of aggressiveness. I mean, you could just tell that Rich Basaccia, nice guy, but is not a full-time head coach. He's just not. You know, he's not the main dude. He's an assistant head coach. He's a special teams coach, and that's great. But as far as being the CEO of the team, that's not him. He has got to, if he wants to get that job, if he wants to get that interview, he's got to start coaching like he wants to have that job in 2022. Not sitting back with a clipboard and taking notes and letting Greg Olson make his decisions and Gus Bradley make his decisions. At some point, Rich Passaccia has got to say, you know what, damn it, it's fourth and three, just go for it. Yeah, we're, we've got a really good field goal kicker. He makes 55, 56-yard field goals. But you know what? We're tired of kicking field goals. Let's, let's go for a touchdown. Let's, let's get this first down and get that ball into the end zone. Or go over to Greg Olson and say, hey, let's stop calling play calls that are going lateral, sideline to sideline. Let's start throwing the ball down the field. You got number one. You see that guy's pretty fast. Zay Jones, number seven. He's pretty fast. Stretch the field. 
Call up some, some shots. And if Derek's not throwing them, then throw Marcus Mariota in there. And I'm not saying bench Derek Carr at all. But you know what? At this point, what does anyone on this team have to lose? I mean, really, what do they have to lose? I, I had a conversation the other day, and we've had it on the podcast as well, about fifth-year option guys. I don't think any of the three guys that are fifth-year option guys are going to get picked up. I really don't. I don't think Cleve Farrell, Josh Jacobs, or Jonathan Abram are going to get that fifth-year option picked up. I just don't. And I would say Josh Jacobs, but since his availability is not what it should be, I don't think that they're going to be willing to spend $10 million. And the only reason that his fifth-year option is $10 million is because he made the Pro Bowl last year. Darren Waller, he's getting a little bit older. He's changed management, and he's been banged up quite a bit this year. So, you know, is he at the end of his run? Is a new head coach or a new GM possibly coming in going to say, you know what, yeah, that's a decent piece, but, eh, you know, not really worth the money that he wants or not really worth the money that we're really willing to dish out. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many questions that can be had. Is Derek Carr going to be the guy next year? I mean, his contract's going to be coming up pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. The Raiders got to make a decision. Are you moving forward with him? And I'm not slandering him at all. I mean, the guy's been with the team eight years. He says that he doesn't want to play for another organization. But, you know, is that what the organization wants? Do they want to have him stick around? He needs to get out there, sling the ball, and show his worth if he wants to stick around. I mean, there's not one guy that you can name on the team that I can say, oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it that he's going to be on the squad next year. I mean, really. Yeah, Alex Leatherwood, I know he was a first-round pick just a year ago. I get it. Yeah, he's going to be there. But is he? Is he going to be playing the position that he was drafted to play? Remember, he was drafted to be a tackle. He's already kicked in the guard. I've heard rumblings that they're going to try to push him back to tackle in the offseason, but who knows? You know, I mean, so there's guys, there's young dudes that you could say, like a Trayvon Merrick, okay, he'll be around next year. That's fine. But at what role is he going to be playing? Because maybe Gus Bradley's not there. So all of a sudden, maybe he's not an everyday starter. Maybe he's not a guy that they say, hey, we're going to play that free safety position. He's going to be our Earl Thomas. Who knows? But there should not be one guy in that locker room, not one coach on that staff, that should be comfortable in their job. And if they are, that means that they're mailing it in. And you'll start to see that the, the last stretch of the season. If anyone starts to mail it in, if anyone starts to say, well, the hell with it, we probably won't be here next year anyway, you'll see it. You'll be able to tell by the intensity or lack of intensity. You'll be able to see when guys that are a little bit banged up decide, oh, they can't play. Not because they don't want to play, because, oh, we're a little banged up. We can't play. That's what happens when, when you start to, you know, kind of throw in the towel. All right, well, you know, I got a little bump in a bruise here. No, nah, I can't play. Remember how it was, what, a year ago when John Gruden called out the team for saying that there was too many guys in the, in the, in the uh, training room and not enough guys on the practice field? That's what happens when you start waving the white flag and you start checking out. Uh, as far as I know, and I've asked, and I asked Rich Basaccia on Monday, I said, you know, are the guys still coming in? Are they still fired up? Are they still ready to be there regardless wins or losses? And he kind of beat it around the bush and was like, yeah, to a certain extent. But it, it, to me, it sounded like there may be a few guys in that locker room that are just starting to say, all right, well, let's just hurry up and get to the finish line. So what I would love to see from this team, and again, I'm talking about coaches and players, is a little bit more effort, a little bit more energy. Just throw everything out there. Leave it all on the field. Because as I said on Friday when I was talking about keys to the game for this Washington football team game, what do you have to lose? All these guys could do is put a lot of good play out there on the film. All these coaches could do is put a lot of good play calling out there on film so they can prepare for a job in 2022 with the Raiders or with any other team. There's a good chance Gus Bradley won't come back in 2022. So who's he going to be a defensive coordinator for? Well, if the Raiders defense plays really good and even plays better than they have been playing, maybe someone notices that. 
Maybe a team that he goes up against, they notice that and say, you know what? Hey, I remember that week 15 or that week 16 game, Gus Bradley's defense was cooking. Man, I'd like to, I'd like to have that guy on our team. That's what it's all about at this stage of the game. Everything that you're putting out there right now, and when I say you, I mean this team, everything they're putting out there right now is on film for the 32 teams and, of course, the guy upstairs in Allegiant Stadium in the front office, which is Mark Davis. And, I, you know, I always bring up radio or, or podcast and, and because that's what I could talk. That's the language I could talk. And this is one thing that I've always said is no matter what kind of mood I'm in, no matter what's going on around me, once that mic is on, I've got to be on my A game because I never know who's listening. I never know who's paying attention. I never know what opportunity is going to come. That's the kind of mentality that the Raiders need to have. And, again, coaches and players. They don't know who's watching. They don't know who's going to check out that film. They don't know who their potential next employer could be. Again, there's a handful of guys that you just know, okay, just by default, they're going to be there next year. But a Max Crosby, that's not guaranteed. You never know. They could use him for trade bait. Unique Ngakwe, he's got one more year guaranteed on his contract. You never know what they might do with him. You just don't know. You know, I mean, there's just no guaranteeing what they plan on doing moving forward. The, the wide receivers like Brian Edwards, he's a guy that John Gruden mentioned in the offseason that he was looking like T.O. He was comparing him to T.O. He hasn't done a whole lot. I think he's got 26 catches all season long. You know, maybe they decide to move on from him. He's out there competing for his job right now. Hunter Renfro, I know he's Derek Carr's favorite target, but who knows? You know, he's, he's only got a four-year contract. What are they going to do? How much money do they think he's worth? It's a lot of questions that are going to be answered this offseason. And that goes for Mike Mayock, too. What kind of buttons are you pushing the last month of the season? What are you going to do to solidify your job in the eyes of Mark Davis? What are you going to do to prove that he needs to bring you back instead of just wiping the whole slate clean and starting over? You know, and really, it doesn't even need to be a rebuild if a, a new head coach comes in there and says, hey, you know what? There's some talent I can work with. I can work with this, 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 and that. Let's bring in this guy. Let's do that. And then boom, bada boom, bada bing, I feel like I can do something. But who knows who's going to be part of that project? You just don't know, and these players don't know. These coaches don't know. Marcus Mariota, I mean, he should want to be. He should be begging to get out there and be on the field because he's going to be playing for a contract. His contract's up after this year. Where is he going to go? Who wants him? You know, I mean, and there's teams that are always going to want a quarterback, but are they going to want his skill set? Maybe he could put something on film so someone can say, you know what, he does have something. He should be begging to get out there. And if Derek Carr is not playing at the level that Greg Olson wants or Rich Basaccia wants or whoever else over there wants, maybe they should give Marcus Mariota a little bit of burn. At this point, again, at the season, what do you have to lose? You really don't. You know, and I'm not thinking about the playoffs. I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm just talking about finish off the season strong. Do everything you can to finish off the season strong and see where the chips fall at the end. If they fall in your favor and something happens crazy and you end up in the playoffs, awesome. If not, well, hey, you know, back to the drawing board. Figure out what you're going to do moving forward. Who's there? Who's not there? But you know how you solidify you being there? Go out there and earn it. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. I do have to tell you about Built Bar and some of the fantastic flavors that they have for the holiday season. One that I saw on Tuesday morning that I got so excited about and I had to immediately make an order for is Candy Cane Brownie Sticks. I'm not a big 
holiday guy. I'm not a guy that goes and decorates the house and puts a tree up or puts stockings up or even worries about going and getting a bunch of gifts. But I promise you, candy cane brownie sticks are going to be in everyone's stocking that I I know, that I help fill. I'll put one of those in there because, man, just looking at the wrapping paper, it looks fantastic. I mean, you just got to go check it out. Built.com, candy cane brownie sticks. That's one flavor. Anyone who's a caramel macchiato uh, fan, that flavor is available as well at Built.com. Caramel Almond Delight, that's another one. All these are right in time for the holidays, but the one that really stands out to me in a major way, I have not tried it yet. I cannot wait to try it. Candy Cane Brownie Sticks. That's the one. Uh, I encourage you to go get it right now. Built.com, promo code LOCK15. That's going to help you save 15% off your order when you go to check out. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCK15. will save you 15% off your order when you check out. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Jordan in Jacksonville. He's calling to say what he's so frustrated about when it comes to this team or what frustrates them really surrounding the team. Here he is, Jordan in Jacksonville. Thanks, you. This is Jordan from Jacksonville. Uh, first time calling in. Uh, I am just so frustrated. Um, honestly, at Raiders fans, uh, I, I am frustrated at the way the season's going. I mean, I could put it on a lot of things. The refs, the play calling. I mean, you can put it on anything. But, man, I cannot believe people are still blaming Derek Carr. He's lost his head coach, his wide receiver number one. His tight end number one was out. Most of his offensive line is new. Now his pass catching running back is out. And they're still blaming him. At some point, you got to go, man, that's a really tough situation. And for some reason, everyone wants to put it on Derek Carr. I understand that sometimes uh, he does miss calls. Um, you know, he has people wide open sometimes. But people have to understand that, man, if the call or the play is called, to go to a certain player, whatever down it is, whether it's the right call or not, um, he's not looking for reads that he's missed. They're not missed reads because he's not reading them. He's going to the person that the play is called to. So you can say all you want, oh, he missed this person and this person, but it really comes down to play calling, and it's just frustrating. Um, You know, Derek Carr is not perfect, but, man – He's doing the best he can, and we have to at least give him some grace with all the crap he's gone through this last year. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks for uh, doing what you do. I love listening to the podcast every day, and you have a good one. Bye. There he goes. That is Jordan right there calling out of Jacksonville. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Welcome to the show. And, you know, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. You know, Carr, he definitely has his flaws for sure. The coaching staff. Play calling, defense not making a play when it's there to be made like Trayvon Merrick, turnovers at times. I mean, there's plenty of blame. I don't think that there's one single person that you could point at on the silver and black and say, you are the reason why the Raiders are 6-6. Six and six. There is a lot of different people, a lot of different units that can share plenty of blame to go around. Derek Carr is always going to get more of the praise, and he's going to get more of the scrutiny, and, you know, and not the hate, but just the, you know, just the, the blame when things don't go right because he is the quarterback. I mean, that's just, that's the 
the nature of the beast. When things are going right, people are talking about Carr as the MVP, and he's going to the Super Bowl, and they're going to re-sign him to a multi-million dollar deal and all this other stuff. And when it goes bad, everyone wants to boot him out of town. So as I said in segment number two, nobody's job is secure in 2022. If you want to be on the team, you got to go out there and make the team. Go out there and ball out. It's almost like you're on the JV and you're trying to make the varsity, or you're trying out and you don't want to end up on the JV. You want to end on the varsity. They all got to go out there and ball out because right now they're auditioning for their jobs, in my opinion. Thank you for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Liam in Ohio. He said, Q, I want to say that I'm tired of all the people quitting on the Raiders and tuning out. Either be a fan or don't. Being a fan is about being there for the highs and lows. And yeah, there hasn't been many highs since 2016, but still, you're either a part of the nation or you aren't. I don't want to see those people when this team finally figures it out. Maybe not this year, but down the road, they'll figure this out. And I don't want to see all the clowns who quit on the Raiders and tuned out on being a Raider fan. Raider Nation for life here. Raiders. That's from Liam in Ohio. And look, when you hear that, most of it is just emotional speak. Most, most of that is Monday following a loss. Tuesday following a loss. By Thursday or Friday, usually most people are, are turning the corner and back in and can't wait till that game on Sunday because, you know, we're all the same way when the season's over, right? We're all jonesing for the season to come back. Man, can't wait till the games come back. Can't wait till September. I mean, that's just what it is. Now, I'll say this. Sometimes people hit me up multiple times and say, Q, I'm not going to listen to the podcast. I'm not listening to the radio. I don't want to hear anything Raiders related. Okay. I mean, there's absolutely nothing I could say that's going to convince you to listen. So uh, I always think it's kind of funny and silly when people go out of their way to tell me that they're not going to listen because they don't want to listen to anything Raiders related. There's nothing that's out of my control. So if you choose to tune out, that's fine. I would actually prefer you not even tell me because, again, there's nothing I could do. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing. I get it. It's frustration, but there's nothing I could do to convince you to listen. You either do or you don't. And that's the beautiful thing about this country is we have so many options to do what we want to do. I can't control that. Here's what I found. There's Siri again. She appears on my show every single day. I don't know why, but she does. But Liam, to your point, man, hey, you know, most people, like I said, they just get emotional about wins and losses and the losses just hurt so much, especially because it's been so long. And for the most part, we've all been saying, well, when they turn the corner, they turn the corner. It's going to be a great day. I know I've said that multiple times and well, it's yet to happen. And so it's 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 a tough pill to swallow at times, but I understand it completely where you're coming from. Next up, I got a call from Jim in the Pacific Northwest. He's calling to air out his frustrations and share a quote from the late great. Al Davis. Here he is, Jim in the Pacific Northwest. Q in the 702. It's Raider Jim from the Pacific Northwest. Q, I know it's been a while since I've called, but um, yeah, I'm just livid, completely livid about the situation with the silver and black. I understand they've gone through some major body blows throughout the course of the year, but that's no excuse for the tepid performance on the gridiron. I want to leave you and your audience with one quote from the late, great Al Davis. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in the National Football League. There he goes. That's my guy, Jim, in the Pacific Northwest. It's been a minute, but thank you so much for your call, my man. And, yeah, you hit it out the park. It's absolutely 100% about wins and losses. You have to win games. Bottom line, just win, baby, is a thing. 
It really is something. It's not just something I say at the end of the podcast. It's not just a cute little phrase. It's, it's the, it's the God awful truth. The only thing that matters, nobody cares, just win. You know what I mean? Like, nobody cares. You've got to just go win games. Uh, Rich Passaccia really blew my mind when, when he said that he didn't really judge guys and judge them off of wins and losses, but more of the process. I thought, um, yeah, not in the NFL, bro. <laughs> not in the NFL. It's all about wins and losses. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Got a text from Joe who hates the chokers from San Diego. Hey Q, this is Joe hates the chokers from San Diego. I'm a new booty on the text or call. I'm 50 and I feel like the league and the world for that matter is too soft for our way. When just win baby was said for the first time, we had really great players that were really bad people and out took care of them. He was famous for getting players out of jail on Saturday night and starting them on Sunday. In those days, Gruden and Ruggs would still be doing their thing and we would be eight and four. How do we get in the mix today? Uh, that's from Joe, who hates the chokers in San Diego. And I'll say being in jail on Saturday night and playing on Sunday, I mean, that's obviously not going to fly. Rugs for what he did, he wouldn't be playing. I mean, what Rugs did was horrific. You know, that's nothing. We can't joke around about that. Uh, that is nothing to shake a stick at. That's a real deal, serious issue. A young lady and her dog lost their life. You know, so, no, he would not be playing on Sunday. Gruden, on the other hand, yeah, that, I mean, those emails and all that other stuff, that would have been no big deal back in the day, but that's not what we live in. We don't live in that world anymore. So um, I respect what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Uh, I'm not going to say that everyone's soft. I'm just going to say that times have changed and everyone, you have to evolve. You have to adapt to the times that they are, because if you just get stuck in, in the old school ways, then you're going to get caught up similar to what John Gruden got caught up with. And that was from 10 years ago. That wasn't even something current. It's almost like in baseball when an umpire is calling a certain strike zone and you don't agree with it. But as a batter, you've got to adjust, right? Because that's what's being called. You got to work with it and, and make the best of it. That's all you can do. Appreciate the uh, the text, my man. Next up, I got a call from Caden in North Nevada. He's calling to talk about Monday's show and the lack of a sense of urgency when it comes to the Raiders. Here he is, Caden in North Nevada. Yo, it's Caden here in Northern Nevada. Uh, Q, I just want to uh, comment on your podcast from yesterday. Um, yeah, I think the team, uh, they don't play with like urgency. They're just just going through the motions and and I, I get it's been a long season already and you know but you just gotta push for the playoffs. I mean it's right there. You just have to make it make it yours. And it's just it's frustrating to watch. It's like they don't want it enough and well it's just frustrating. Kind of giving me like twenty seventeen Raiders where and play well and well that season was a different story but Anyways, Q, keep up the good work. Peace. There he goes. Caden in North Nevada, thank you so much for the call. And, yeah, man, so frustrating that when everyone can see what the team has in front of them, everyone can see it. Everyone knows that the playoffs are right there. Everyone knows that, you know, all they have to do is win a game here, a game there against a team that they are more talented than, and they just can't capitalize on it, and they let it slip away like they've done multiple times throughout this year. It's just it's really unfortunate. I hate that for, well, the fan base more than anybody, but it's just uh, Raider Nation deserves a whole lot better. I've said that I feel like each and every day this week so far, but, man, it is right there. It's been right there all season long, and for some reason they just can't go out there, they can't reach out, and they can't grab it and take advantage of it. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. We'll close things out with a text from Joey C. in Stockton. Joey C. from Stockton, California, and you should do a show about how embarrassing it is to be a Raiders fan, man. Maybe it'll get to them for once. 
I'm the type of fan to not talk crap on another man's team because I know all too well how much it sucks to be a fan of a laughingstock team, even if it's the damn Niners. But it seems that all of the fans just started up without being provoked. Who lost the game? The Raiders, of course. That's the crap I had to listen to from a Niners fan all Sunday night, even though they lost as well. That's from Joey C. in Stockton. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit there and do a show about embarrassing to be a Raiders fan because I think everyone who's a, a fan of the Silver and Black, including myself, are proud to be a, a member of Raider Nation. We're just all waiting for the fans or the team to reward the fan base. That's all. Uh, I don't think that me doing a show about being embarrassed to be a fan is going to do anything but tell them, well, then don't be a fan. You know, and, and again, I mean, these guys aren't going to worry about it. Similar to what when people say that, hey, Q, we're not going to listen anymore because I don't want to give the Raiders any time. OK, I mean, there's absolutely nothing I can do about that. There's nothing that uh, a Raiders going to do if you say, hey, I'm embarrassed to be a fan. They're just going to say, OK, and then they're going to roll to the bank and cash a check. I mean, unfortunately, that's just kind of what it is. Um, you know, there's always going to be trash talk amongst fan bases. It's just part of it. You know, and and Raider fans like myself and you and and others, many others that listen to this show and make this show as successful as it is. I mean, hey, we we uh, we take it on the chin, man. (laughs) We've been dealing with it for a very long time. And uh, that's what makes Raider Nation so great is the passion, the loyalty, the way that we don't run and hide and duck our tails in between our legs and say, oh, woe is me. We don't do that. Yeah, we might all complain about it on, you know, Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. But at some point we turn the corner and we get ready for Sunday. It's just what it is. It's just what we do. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. That's going to do it for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, it will be Crossover Thursday. We'll be talking Chiefs and Raiders on tomorrow's show. We've done it once this season. How has times changed? How has the conversation changed? How has the narrative changed? Well, we'll find out on tomorrow's show. We'll have more news and notes of the day, and we'll squeeze in as much as we can as possible for a Crossover Thursday. So until then, Rare Nation, stay strong, take care of yourself, take care of your family, and most importantly, as always, Just win, baby.